The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, I am Macca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me this evening as co-host, we got Rick. Hi Macca. What's going on, mate? Do you need a cug, a cuddle? I, I do. I'm a bit you sad. <laughs> you can have a snuggle after the show, mate. That's all right. Well, not only not only do we lose, but um, friggin' Crows won and won won a good game. It's just no, I don't care about them. Yeah, I do. It just sort of the whole balance is just out of whack when that stuff happens. But anyway, but yes, but we live to fight another day, don't we? We do. Do another podcast about a loss. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, As I, I said, who, who cares about winning? Who wants to win? Yeah, yeah. Are premierships really that important? Like, I think I probably think like not. Th- I think three times the amount of people tune in and listen to our show when we win, though. Yeah, maybe. It's, yeah, I don't know. I think it's more interesting when we lose. <laughs> the bag Look, out if, if I had my way, we would lose every week. Oh, really? Bring back Primus. <laughs> so we can watch it, watch our stuff to, up again. We don't have to bring back Primus. We're sort of playing that way now anyway. Mm. That's it. Well, look, once again, we want to hear from you out there. So feel free to join us in the chat room. Um, or if you want, you can even call in and have your say uh, about what went wrong um, and how we can fix it. Yes, please do. We want to hear from you out there. Do you want to... Uh, uh, say some details about this uh, competition that we're running as well, mate. Yes. Wait, are you making me a banner? What's the story? Well, I never said I was making a banner. Well, you provided the suggestion. Yeah, I provided the suggestion so you could go to the website and make one yourself. I'm no good at that stuff. I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought that meant you were going to do it. So, yes, no. we've got... Oh, look, two... I might be able to rip, rip something up. We'll see. Thank you. That'd be nice. We've got two locker room tickets, especially seeing... I'm, my company, New Vision's putting up the tickets. You think you, you'd be able to at least do the banner for it. So we've got two tickets, locker room, 21st of May, West Coast game. Should be a cracker. Hopefully we'll win this year. Um, all you have to do is go to our iTunes page, which is linked 20,000 times on Port Fan Radio on Facebook, yep. and give us a beautiful five-star review. Uh, I don't know if... An, a negative review actually helps us. So make sure it's a five-star review. And, um, yeah, you go, everyone that writes a review between now and just before the game uh, will go in the draw. So what an what easier way um, than to potentially win a couple of tickets, Macca? Let's see. What game is it for? Port v. West Coast. Port v. West Coast. Yes. Well, at the start of the season, you'd say that'd be a good game, but I'm not too sure now. Ah, uh, time. Oh. Times can change. You don't know. I don't guess we probably want people to actually join the competition, so I should yeah. really t- talk it up. Pump, yeah. pump it up. Game, game of the year. Game of the season. Hey, well, we were shit last year, and West Coast were going all right, and it was still a pretty good game. This is true. Yeah. So we're shit this year, and West Coast seem to be going all right. So in Look, theory, it if it's a bad game, you game. can just go down into the locker room, watch it on the TV screen down there, and drink the free beer. So absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Everyone's a winner. And don't forget, the bar shuts at the end of half time. But yeah. 
just before half time you can order four drinks in one transaction so that should take that should take you through to the end of the game anyway yeah but yes so there you go right that is it iTunes simple easy go in the drawer that's it right now let's get on to our sweet and sour one thing that we found uh, one thing we th- that we loved one thing that we hated about Port Adelaide this week what was your sweet mate jeez it's a tough one. I, um, I'm going to be the optimist here and say um, my sweet is actually that we... Uh, sorry, don't like the headphones I'm wearing. My sweet is the fact that we're only two and two, right? It's not the end of the world. It's still four games into the season. And uh, I think that's a good thing for us because clearly uh, something ain't right in paradise. And, uh, but we've still got plenty of time to change it and uh, we're only one game out of the top eight at this point in time. Um, yeah, and so it's not the end of the world. And we do have, we all know we do have a list that's good enough to actually uh, perform against the big teams if they have their heads switched on properly. So uh, I think we don't have to be all too dramatic just yet, even though, as we're going to talk about shortly, there are some warning signs. Yeah, I don't think we need to panic, but I think we need to panic. Basically, ah, well, hey, <laughs> now I agree. We're, we're two and two. We're not playing well. It's not the end of the world. We could be worse off. Um, hey, we definitely need to be playing better. But yeah, we'll get to that. What happened in two thousand and fourteen? What were we? Ten and one. Mm. And what happened? Nothing. Yeah. So you know, I think we we were lucky. We scraped into fifth spot. So you know, for the Western Bulldogs and the Crows and whoever else that are sort of flying at the moment. Um, you know, the game changes quite quickly. A couple of injuries or, you know, your game plan gets worked out and, uh, you know, come to that uh, that cold slog in winter and things can change. So, right. you know, I mean, but yes, I mean, yeah, I won't reveal our hands before, the, uh, before we get to it. That's it. My suite is uh, DBJ. Uh, Bourneport on the uh, on the chat room has also said DBJ, um, and look, I think he's come in and looked right at home the last two weeks, and looked like one of the only sort of guys going hard at it yesterday. And uh, I'm absolutely stoked that he's playing this well at AFL level. And as we said last week, you know, um, quite a few people sort of wanted him delisted at the end of last year. So for him to come in and, and play this well at AFL level is fantastic. And you know, he pushed forward and got a goal again. I reckon it's great stuff. Uh, I mean, he was a bit. Sloppy in his uh, disposal at times, but you can't criticise someone or the only one of the only two players in the team that really took the game on for the bulk of the game. Yeah. So he's getting there. <clears throat> now, what about your sour? <laughs> oh, How long have we there's... got? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, there, there's plenty, but um, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of target. Um, one player, and that is the man, Ollie Wines. I mean, he's such a talented kid, and he's still young, but what the hell's going on there? He can't run. His handballs are going nowhere near a target. He's hardly kicking. He's just a shadow of the player that what he was even last year before mm. his injury. I, I, I am just a miss to what is going on with the great Ollie Wise because he is a bloody great player. But at the moment, he's 
he's almost uh, droppable. Do you think he's too big? Uh, Do you think no, him putting no. on a few extra kilos was a mistake? No, I don't think so. I I know you do. I because he's not an outside running player, but I mean, it, really, his disposal like, on the weekend was atrocious. Handballing yeah. to the feet, you know, his kicking was not hitting targets. Um, you know, his inside clearance work was just sloppy, which we know you turn it over now in modern football, you just screwed and um, they just rebound and yeah, you because your team's just out of position. Um, He's just, yeah, he just has no confidence whatsoever and mm. it just makes me look to our midfield coaching department once again. I do think he's too big. I think uh, putting on a few extra kilos was a mistake. Um, I think he was big enough as he was. Um, and look, he's, I mean, maybe he's not, I don't know, but I guess he's one of a few people that look like they're really sort of labouring to, to run across the turf and and run effectively and, and run hard all day. You know, he's just not running hard enough. Um, I think he feels like he's under more pressure than he actually is when he gets the ball, which is um, in turn sort of making him have these skill errors, which are, are pretty um, pretty poor. And a few of his kicks on the weekend were just, um, you know, Ben Jacobs-like, really. Well, let's face it. Who, uh, who was actually looking like they were running on top of the ground outside of Darcy Byrne-Jones and uh, Pittard? They... Uh... They all look like they had lead in the boots. Mm. I guess um, something that Bourne Port has mentioned is uh, our rotations killing him. And I guess that might um, have something to do with it. But in a broader thing, I mean, I guess we all thought that um, that this change in rotations would really suit our game plan, uh, suit you know the, the mighty Darren Burgess um, and how super fit we are and how we're the fittest sporting team in the universe. Um do you think that's actually happened, or do you think it's gone almost 180 degrees the other way? Because we look like we're really struggling to run out of game. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. I'm. I'm actually. Look, the only one thing I can sort of think of is, are we sort of heavy training loading them now um, to ease them off? You know, come round six, leading into the rest of the season or something. Have we? Have we, you know, you know how it used to be the mid-season flog them till they drop before you come to finals, mm. um, so to approach that. It's the only sort of thing I could sort of either, yeah, we really shit, and our our fitness department just has lost their ability to actually make a, a good decision in our in relation to our fitness, or we've altered our training load cycle um, to try and freshen us up for the rest of the season. And then hopefully in the finals. <clears throat> I don't I think don't, we're doing that. Well, that's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, mm. I'm with you. Something's going on in paradise. Yeah. Look, my sour, um, it could be one of about 50 things. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with uh, the complete lack of physical pressure uh, on Greater Western Sydney. Um, it yeah. was pretty much horrific. Um, yeah. Honestly, it's what probably about... the worst I've seen it since 2011. What about the... Uh... The one arm, just throw your throw your hand out, token sort of. Oh, I'll try and tackle you, and but not really. Yeah, I mean that's a, a big issue. Um, our tackling has been poor for a long time. Um, it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. Um, I thought the showdown was bad enough, uh, but Adelaide played pretty much perfect footy that day, so you can't really sort of 
say anything about that because they were absolutely wonderful. But I didn't think GWS were all that great in the first half, to be honest. But we just allowed them to walk it out of the middle all day. And, you know, that's, what, three out of four games where we've said this, we've been absolutely smacked in the middle. It's pathetic. You know, we stand around and wait for our opponent to make the play. We are so reactive. We don't move. We don't attack the body hard. Instead, we put these pathetic little bumps on after mm. they've actually disposed of the ball. Um, how about going hard when they actually have the ball? Maybe lay a tackle or something. Zero tackles inside 50 is a dead set disgrace. And yeah. the likes of Need, Wingard, Young, Dixon should be absolutely ashamed of themselves for that. If you're going to talk about the, um, the lack of uh, physical presence with the tackling, what about the lack of discipline and the gutless... Um, stomach taps off the ball when we're nearly 100 points down. Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's what I mentioned. The, the pathetic little bumps after they've disposed of the ball. You could see it creeping in in the second quarter, how we'd follow through after they disposed of the ball and we were sort of, you know, trying to go the niggle. And the same thing happened in the showdown. I mean, Charlie Dixon was lucky he didn't get uh, reported in the showdown as well. Uh, Jonas nearly got suspended. Um, we had three players get fined today for things that they did off the ball. You know... I guess we'll talk about that. That's something that I want to talk about a bit later as well. I think this is a massive concern and it shows either the frustration of the playing group or maybe they've they've completely lost track of where they need to be. Um, mm. But it's not good. It's pathetic. Well, I guess what confuses me is you've got someone like Jake Need who, when he's running with the ball, is one of the fastest players apparently going around. Mm. And then on the weekend, when he's chasing someone with the ball, couldn't even get close to catching move. them. Yeah. yeah. So, That's it. look, what, if, what come, if Jake Need is laying there? zero tackles in the forward 50, I mean, this is his job. That's the yeah. reason why he is in the side uh, for defensive pressure up forward. It's certainly not for his handballing skills, which are probably the worst in the league. Certainly not for his goal kicking, which, well, finally he kicked a couple of goals on the weekend. But if he's not laying tackles and putting on defensive pressure, Get out of the side. He, do, he shouldn't be in there. Correct. Yep, I agree with you completely. But there's there's probably quite a few names we could put on that list. True, absolutely. Yes. Good, uh, good now, hate. It, that is a good hate. I've, I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm know, half cleansed. We, I want to cleanse about some other things, but I'm not going to do it live on air. Got, so. If only we got semi-professional with this show, because, I mean, we could put on... Uh, uh, Taylor Swift's haters going to hate before we, we start this segment. <laughs> what do you reckon? True. Very true. We could do that. Uh, what is your WTF moment for this week, mate? <sighs> well, I could bag out on a couple of port things again, but I thought I'd go for something different with what the hell was going on with that bloody Hawthorne St. Kilda game. I mean, what was the umpires doing with those bloody non, non-calls of the... Um, Mark kicks over 15 metres. I mean, what the hell was going on there? It was just bloody atrocious. They got a little bit screwed over, did did the old Saners. They probably deserved to win that game. Oh, man, it was annoying. I mean, I just feel like Hawthorne have had the rub of the bloody green with the umpires for the last 10 years. Mm. And it just keeps happening. I mean, it was... That one at the end was just atrocious. That was bloody twenty-five meters. It was yeah, it was just crazy. I felt I felt sorry for the Saints supporters and the players because uh, they took it up to Hawthorne and and it was giving me some optimism because I actually thought, well, you know what, if St Kilda are doing this and 
you know, when Melbourne are doing okay, or Essendon was doing all right as well, well, maybe we're not as bad, and then we yeah. delivered that performance. But, but yeah, <laughs> but that was mine. What about yours? Mine was uh, Stephen May's bump on, uh, on Big Martin. What an absolute <laughs> ripper. I haven't seen a bump like that in a decade, since probably Choppy was running around. That was an absolute cracker of a bump. <laughs> just came out of nowhere and just lined him up. That That's like something you saw in the 70s. It was brilliant. Shame, shame he's going to get about 10 weeks for us. But... <laughs> yeah. He'll probably get four or five, you would think, but yeah. I don't know. That was uh, that was my uh, WTF moment. Yeah, what it was a hell? cracker. What the hell was going on? It was a cracker. That's insane. Look, we've got uh, we had heaps of questions from the forum, uh, the Big Footy Forum uh, for this yeah. one. So I thought uh, I've picked out the best ones and thought we'd uh, we'd go through them. Sure. Uh, one of our long-time listeners, Glitch, has asked a couple of questions. He's asked, um, do we have any theories or reasons uh, why five minutes into a game you can tell if we're a, a chance to win or not? Maybe uh, maybe Mark Robinson was right when I took personal feds to his pre-season prediction that Port would be no good because we're mentally weak. And uh, when 360 came back and he was asking for his tips and he was like, he pointed to the head and went, no, nah, I don't reckon they'll make finals. I don't reckon yeah. they've got it up here. And I was thinking, piss off, Robbo. <laughs> what do you know, you boozehead? Bloody, um, but maybe he's, uh, maybe he's right. Maybe we're, maybe we, we suffer the Adelaide Oval Blues. We get so pumped up in front of our, such a great crowd and pre-grade, um, pre-grade, pre-game entertainment that spit it uh, out Rick I'm getting there that maybe <laughs> uh, maybe when we play away we're not getting that same uh, adrenaline rush as what we do at home I don't know yeah no that's right um, for me I mean look this has been kind of a Port Adelaide tradition since Choco took over really I mean we worked so damn hard through 2013 and 14 to get rid of this cancer as part of our game it's really unfortunate that it's crept back in the last two years, and I think it might be a combo of fitness and mindset. It's not one or the other. I think it's a bit of both. I think it's clear that we couldn't keep up with GWS yesterday, um, and I think when you see that you aren't on the same physical level as your opponent, uh, you can often think, what's the point as the game goes on, and, and you give sort of less and less effort, and you give up. Um, as for why so early in a game you can tell, I mean, it's just got to be mental, surely. I mean... I don't know if it's they're concerned about their fitness or they're just not switched on or they just didn't like the, the pre-game sort of rev up. Oh, who knows? But, you know, this has been part of our sort of club for a good 10, 12, 14 years. Um, and it needs to stop because it's pathetic. It, it's just not right. Do we have some serial uh, non-performers then, Macca? Well, look, it always used to... Be, everyone used to dump on Daniel Pierce, didn't they? Back uh, in the Choco era where, you know... if Pierce had a down day, you know, you generally lose, and uh, I don't know, maybe, look, I think Ebert needs to come under question, I think um, the forward line needs to come under question, Knee doesn't do much, um, and look, guys like Trengove and Jonas um, can often have sort of dirty days down back as well, but I mean, I mean it's, at, at this point in time, I'm not going to put too much blame on the defence, I think they're getting absolutely screwed over by the midfield at the moment. Yeah, I don't... I think, I think it's hard to be hypercritical of the defenders. I mean, yeah, I mean, they didn't look great. But um, no, I, I was sort of alluding to, I guess, we had the, you know, the 10, 11, 12, and then, you know, and now it's sort of creeping back in. So, 
you know, is when when we're talking about, you know, sort of mental weakness, uh, are we talking about maybe like your, your Boak, your Grey, your Lobie, um, your Broadbent uh, type of player um, that have been there and exposed, even Westhoff, another one. Um, mm. they've, been, they've been through those two eras and they seem to come and go. Yeah. And, uh Oh, look, if we, if we miss the finals this year, changes have to be made and some of those sort of uh, favourite sons uh, you've got to say goodbye to, really, because you just have to, make, yeah, yeah. you have to make changes. And if yeah. they're not mentally right, if they can't do this, we've got yeah. to find the players that, that can, quite simply, yeah. because the whole point of this game is to win premierships. Well, it's, not to, uh, yeah, it's not to sort of miss out on finals and look like and embarrass yourselves every sort of second or third week. Uh, it's a great question, and I think it also sort of... Uh, segues into that question that I sort of had for you as well, Macca, is, you know, before the game with GWS, it was, you know, Hinkley came out and said, oh, you know, GWS has got more games played than us now. And, you know, it seems to be under the Hinkley era, it's really been highlighted how many, how little games played we have compared to the opposition and, and that sort of stuff. Well, I mean, if that's the case, why haven't we recruited smarter like some of these clubs and recruited some of these players that are maybe older, wiser, and smarter to provide some guidance. Why? Why do we always have to have a, a younger games played component, especially when we look so bloody slow anyway, and not having any run and carry? Um, you know, is it an award to always have the the youngest team or something? I don't. Th- I think often. Uh... Look, we aren't that young anymore. That, I think a lot of people have got in the trap of just assuming that we're still young. You know, that was three years ago now that we were one of the youngest teams in the league. We're not anymore. We're one of the more um, experienced teams in the league. And I think when you're rebuilding, you can often get in the trap of um, youth is best as opposed mm. to experience. You want youth because what's better than the potential of what's going to happen? You know, you've always got that hope there. Um and you can always sort of keep bringing in young and young players. Um, but at some point, that needs to stop. Otherwise, you're Melbourne or you're Richmond and you just don't develop. Mm. Um, at some point, you need to develop and you actually need to have a crack. And that's what we did through 2013 and 14. That was a long time coming. You know, we we had that potential there for a good three or four years before that. And we saw um, how, well, how well we can actually play. It's yeah. very, very sad that um, we've gone so far downhill the last uh, 18 months. It is very sad. Look, a couple of comments from the uh, from the chat room. Um, Porsche has said something which is pretty well spot on. The reason you can tell is because our team plays on or, or not. Um, for example, offering multiple leads and blocking properly, that sort of thing. And you can often tell. You can always tell sort of uh, from kick-ins, you know, how you're going because we just look so stagnant. There's no movement. There's no leading. There's nothing. Hmm. So if we come out if we come out all guns blazing this weekend and uh, come out with all the enthusiasm, is that more of an indictment on the players? That not? Well, if they, possibly, if they come yeah, out, quite if possibly. They come out this I mean, weekend with something to prove and you know show us that you know they can hit and, and everything. Obviously, we want to win and we want that, but. It really makes me question, well, why the hell didn't you do that last week? Yeah. Look, this, this season is really reminiscent for me for 2009. You know, we, we had a good win against Essendon in round one at home. We then went to Perth and got absolutely smacked by West Coast. We looked absolutely shocking. We then came back home and we won the showdown. We won a couple of other games. I think we beat um, Hawthorne at the MCG, who were reigning premiers. 
Um, everyone was talking us up. Then we got thrashed by 80 points to St Kilda at home. You know, we, we just had this roller coaster season of you know good win, disastrous loss, um, no sort of structure, and, and we had the same sort of complaints um, that we're seeing now. Uh, it, it's very very similar. Yep. A couple of other questions. Uh, Schultz and Fest has written in and said, um, despite not knowing precisely what the problem with our side is, um, would you say it's time for our members to crack each other's heads open and feast on the goo inside? And look, I actually think this is a really good point. Um, chaos reigns supreme, I reckon. Um, mm. And I've got to say, on a related point, our midfield moves about as quick as the zombies from The Walking Dead. So was there an incident in the off-season? And in fact, all our players are indeed zombies. I don't know what the hell they are, but um, it's uh, it's crazy. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. No comment, zombie. <laughs> Whatever. What drugs are you guys on? Good work. Uh, Stockholm has written in and asked, um, he would like a com- comprehensive review of our leadership group and who deserves to be there right now and who doesn't. So I thought what we would do is let's go through them one by one and just give a tick sure. or a cross, not go through them in too much detail, but just very quickly, um, Travis spoke. Yeah, what about him? Does he deserve to be there? What's going on? Oh, is he in the leadership group, is he? <laughs> well, why doesn't he play like a bloody leader? What's going on there? He's supposed to be mm-hmm. one of the best leaders in the AFL. He's, a, he's supposed to be our captain. And uh, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I mean, look. I'm not going to say anything in retrospect. I, I. I mean, people have loved him for his captaincy ability in the past few seasons. Um. I mean, I think he's been great and serviceable, but I don't think he's as been as, um, as good as what people have thought. And I mean, it's really weird. He seems to be played out of position this year, which has meant his influence is being um, uh, down on his. Uh, uh, previous output so he's really hard to judge I mean what do we want from him Him as a leader put his body over, head over the ball put his body on the line gut run and be there when it counts and I guess we're not seeing that and mm. are we not seeing that because he's um, not playing in his true position or is he injured or you know has he signed too big a contract and doesn't care anymore I don't know that's a very long answer for just a tick or a cross. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, he he, he obvi- he's the captain. He obviously deserves to be there. He's clearly yes. out of form. Whether he's yes. playing injured, who knows? I think it's pretty clear he's not 100% fit. Um, yes. If he is 100% fit, then there is something drastically wrong uh, because he has been oh, nowhere near our sort of top 15 or 20 best performer so far this year. No. Uh, what about Hammer as vice-captain? Tick or cross. cross? Yeah, cross. He, cross. He's not been anywhere so far this year. He has been injured. Well, he's missed two. He's only played two games, but... Um, very question, very questionable selection as vice-captain vice in the first mm. place anyway. Always lacked a bit of discipline as far as I'm concerned. He's always been inconsistent as a player. And I think if you're going to be in the leadership group, one, the one actually... You've got to deliver. You have, you've got to be consistent. You've got to deliver. And I don't, I don't have confidence that Hamish does that. Ollie Wines, tick or a cross? Uh, cross. You'd have to well. say a cross right now. I don't think he's leading all that well. Uh, Justin Westhoff, no. tick or a cross? Neutral. Neutral. I would he say a that. huge cross to me. Really? Yes, the only time that. Westhoff has an impact is when he goes down back, when he's the free man. 
whenever I see that, I get chills down my spine because you know we're going to lose. Well, and this goes into my theory that I've had for the last six years, and when I've I've said that whole time that we should trade West off is, I think he throws our tall, small balance in the side out of whack because he plays like a small but the tall, but we don't necessarily get that tall influence all the time. So yeah. it just for me he can if he's not one of our key performers, he throws our. Yeah, our balance all, all over the place. and um, His best is great. He doesn't show it often enough. As no. I said on the forum after the game, I think he's probably the, the most overrated port player in our AFL history so far. Yeah. Because he enough. seems to get a real sort of free pass for some reason, and I'm not too sure why. But He does have an awesome beard. He does. Uh, next one, Jack Homsch, tick or a cross? Nah, give him a tick. He's got to be a tick. He's played well. He's a- and he's leading. He's he's putting his all out on the line there, so yep. good on him. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Brad Ebert, tick or a cross? I thought he got dropped from our leadership group. He's still in the leadership group. He's is got he dropped from pl- vice-captain. Is, is he actually playing at the moment? <laughs> no, I think his leadership... I think he's probably the best of the underperforming players in terms of his leadership out there. He's clearly not playing very well. Um, but I think he's... At least sort of trying his heart out at the moment. Sure. So he's probably in neutral for me. Tommy Jonas. Mm, nah, cross. I think he's actually played all right, so I'm going to give him a tick. I think really? he's getting a bit more of a rough deal than what he deserves at the moment. Well, I mean, we, he yeah, he's he's in a shit position, isn't he, really? Mm. So, But I'll still give him a cross anyway. Because yeah. uh, he's still not playing to the levels that he can play. Mm. Matty Loby, the last one. I thought he got dropped too. Mm. Oh, I thought he got traded for two first-round picks, but you know, no, apparently, I thought, I apparently not. Rele- I thought him and Jacko were relegated from the leadership group. No, he was still in there. <laughs> well, my mate Lo- Loby, he's the uh, uh, sponsored by New Vision. He is the premier ruckman in the competition. He is number one. He's and a definite he, said he, he said he would come on Port Fan Radio. So uh, definite tick. Look, I thought he was turning the corner and I found it really hard to gauge his influence um, on the weekend. Was he was he bath like some people think against Mumford or was it more break even? I just I but <clears throat> I think in statistically he sort of broke even. Um, in terms of impact I think he was miles off. Yeah. I'll give him a neutral, but I think there might be a shift to the upward trajectory. Mm. All right, let's move on. Uh, what issue more than any other do you think is doing our team the most harm at the moment? The coach's box. The coach's box. Yep, that's fair, call. I think yeah. confidence at the moment. Confidence in the coaches, confidence in the game plan, confidence in our fitness. Yeah, look, Kane Corns even <laughs> intimated in his column the coaches and questioned uh, Michael Voss after... Um, having Phil Walsh and, and Richardson. So, Kane Cords obviously knows something um, for him to say that. So, um, yeah, and as you know, I've sort of, I've been passing the point that what's going on with Michael Voss and I haven't been a massive advocate and I'm still not convinced, to be honest. And it might be more than just him, for all we know, but A, I don't know why we signed him to a four-year contract. And uh, B, um, 
we've been very average since those two other coaches left and he's come in. So mm. he's one of the common cause and effects. And I'm sure there's more to it than just him. Yeah. However, um, I think there's that's definitely going to be looked at. Dylan has asked, uh, what is the best TV snack that isn't TV snacks? Uh, uh, are we in winter or summer mode? Doritos are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's a. I'd give that a tick. And I actually theorised with Erin, who works in my office last week, um, chocolate fondue and dipping a Dorito in that, and she said she's done it, and it's awesome. Okay, that's a so bit try, of a mix. The so old, try uh, that, try that, Dylan, and see what you reckon. The old sugar and salty in once. It's, yes. Uh, yeah, I can see how that might work. Oh, look, I'm I'm partial to a, a bit of a salted nut. Uh, I love a bit of a salt. Nothing beats salted peanuts or salted cashews, I reckon. Um, I'm, shocked, I'm shocked that you like salted nuts, Maka. Red Rock sweet chilli chips. They're pretty bloody awesome as well. And look, love a good M&M. And look, putting, I have to say, M&Ms that you've put in the microwave for a little bit, so they're sort of soft in the centre but still have the, the crunchy shell, are the best thing on earth. Yeah, that's bloody awesome. I haven't tried that one. Uh, awesome Dow has asked uh, Port Adelaide's premiership quality defence should be built around Pittard, Homsch and DBJ uh, yeah we need another tall I, w- I wouldn't discount Jacko I know everyone thinks I'm a bit biased but look I think Jacko's got the goods so I wouldn't be writing him off I think Jacko DBJ Pittard um, Homsch definitely in the mix I um I really think that uh, Brody could be tradable, though. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. Look, I think that's a good group, so long as uh, Pittard stays. I think that's a, definitely a, a good group to sort of can build you, around. Can you say that again, please? What so long that? as Pittard stays, I think say that's that a good again? group. So long as we Pittard just... stays. Oh, yeah, just, just loop <clears> that, man. That just sounds awesome. Yep. Yeah. Jungle drums are beating, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Janus has asked, uh, are these players regressing back to the bad habits of the shit years because they now feel comfortable with their place in the side? Uh, probably, and hopefully Hinkley doesn't maintain the faith for as long as he did last year, which was to our supporters' detriment, mm. I feel. Yes. Uh, and look, there is, a, there is a comfort element. I mean, I mean it's great to have all these... Um, you know, re-signings and long-term signings and and everyone putting pen to paper with no one really um, being put on the trade block. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a very good point. It could be that, yeah, pay, the players are getting paid well, they're getting good crowds, they're getting great atmosphere, um, you know, so maybe they're not um, hungry. Mm. Um, us, I guess, the rest has asked, uh, what is wrong with our midfield? Why can't we get centre clearances with the good players we have in there? Coaches. Do you think it's coaches? Well, I know you think it's players see ball, get ball, but... I think it's players see ball, don't do anything. Yeah, but at the same time... <laughs> They're just hanging back. I would love for them to see ball, get ball. They, they don't do it. Yeah, but at the same time... The, guy, the game is so heavily coached and micromanaged now that the players, I feel, especially in our side, um, don't have the luxury of a lot of free will. And, um, and therefore, uh, yeah, I think they're being told <laughs> I don't know to, about that. I reckon that, well... I don't, I don't know, know about that. 
Hey, hey, come on. Uh, are we any different to any other club in that regard? I think so. I think Hawthorne are coached, but they also have a lot of freedom with the maturity of their players um, to go where they want to go. Whereas I feel like we're, we're told you have to be here in this structure, in this stoppage, and um, it's to our detriment. I mean, yeah, I'm blaming the coaches. That's fair. I think every club is the same in that they, they've all got their structures right. You need to stand here when this happens. When it's a, a ball up, this this is what you need to do. When it's a throw in, this is where you need to be. Um, when it's a kick in, this is where you need to be. No, no club is any different to that. I'm going to say that. I'm sorry. I just got a text message from uh, someone we know who's calling up soon and it says... When I die, I want the PAFC to lower me into my grave so they can let me down one last time. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. You're not. You're not allowed on anymore. <laughs> I've got. I've got to say though that some of the memes that come out are pretty funny around this yeah. sort of time. That's it. Now, look, I think as players, for me at the moment in the midfield, I think. I don't. I, look, I think it's. It might be a little bit of a structural thing, but I think at the moment we're just too slow to react. I think we're too reactive. I think mm. our players are too flat-footed at the at the uh, at the stoppage. Um, and you can see, like, we don't have anybody except for Robbie Gray. We don't have anybody at the moment that's really hunting the ball and trying to get that clearance. Um, I mean, and that's something which is really lacking from our game. Not only that, I mean, I was always critical ever since Lobie sort of started being our main ruckman. That his tap work's never been that great. And I don't think he's learnt the art of finesse with ruck work. So I don't. Yeah. he's not a great ruckman at putting it to our players' advantage. And look, Ryan has said um, it goes against everything Ken has said about giving them licence to make their own moves mid-game. So maybe they need more structure. Maybe, maybe, maybe we've got a few loose cannons out there. Who knows? Well... We'll never know, because they're not going to tell us, are they? No, that's it. Well, look, let's get on to our review. Um, Port played Greater Western Sydney in Canberra on Sunday and left with its worst loss since 2011, an 86-point drubbing, 22 goals, 19, to 9 goals, 11. Um, Chad Wingard, Aaron Young and Jake Need uh, kicked two goals each uh, for Port. Um, before we get started, I just want to list, list off some of the records that GWS broke yesterday. Uh, six goals, six was their highest first quarter score. Eight goals, four was their highest second quarter score. Obviously, that means that they smashed their highest halftime score, of, uh, which is 14 goals, 10. Uh, this was also their equal highest half um, ever. Uh, 61 points was their biggest halftime margin. 86 points was their biggest winning margin. 22 goals, 19 was their highest uh, total score. And they had 75 inside 50s, which wasn't their best. It was their second, but it's also in the top 20 of all time in uh, inside 50s. And it was a friggin' disgrace that they kicked 83 points with 10 minutes into the second quarter. They almost had a full game score in a quarter and a half. Yeah. It's not right. It's not right. No. It's embarrassing. It's, um, I, you know, I mean, we were, again, we were sort of let off the hook. They should have probably belted us by way over 100 points. And, you know, they sort of blazed a bit in the third. But, I mean, credit to them, you know, that they still, you know, created so many records against us. And, again, we've become that club where 
teams create records against us, which is really shit. Yep. No, that's right. That's fair enough. Um, we're trying to get a call in. Um, ours called up, uh, but it says that uh, you need to update Skype, mate, before you can be joined into this call. Bloody owl. What are Scott's you doing, mate? fine. Can you hear me, boy? Oh, here he is. There he is. What are you doing? I am absolutely disgusted, devastated, and disappointed with these boys. I went... I get to see two, three games a year, and they came to my new hometown of Canberra, and I am disgusted with the performance that they put out. I watched boys that didn't run, they didn't block for each other, they didn't work for each other. There was two players on that field that actually deserve a tick. The rest are crosses, and that is Darcy Ben-Jones... And Jasper Pittard. Woohoo, Jasper! Big yeah. Jasper. The rest didn't deserve to wear the Port Adelaide Guernsey yesterday. Like, I arch. His handball is his weapon, and his weapon is broken. Like, he can't get the handball out. He's not getting the handball and creating space for someone. It might be that the other guys aren't running hard enough, but he's just not effective in his disposal Sam Gray is not killing anybody with his disposal but he's not getting the ball either so he's basically burning it and the guys aren't bursting out of packs they're not sitting there when we do get the ball they're not actually moving to create space so therefore they're not going to be able to move the ball effectively um, against a, a slick Giants team now before the game started I was concerned I um, caught up with um, Ben from the club and I said, oh, I'm a bit concerned about this week because like, the Giants are looking pretty good. And it, it could go either way and it went the way I didn't want it to go. And, yeah, it was really, really disappointing. Looked like Dixon was playing for the Giants and not for us. So um, the first three goals were pretty iffy three kicks for us. We couldn't. We could have um, been another three goals down. Our first three goals were from free kicks, and let's be honest, maybe one of them was there. The other two were pretty iffy. So yeah. it was a pretty poor performance, really, all round. Didn't matter who was working. There was nobody working. They weren't working for each other. Um, my my personal view is shove Boke in the middle. Um, we're giving opportunities to people like Gray and Wingard's jumping in there. That's fantastic. But you know what? Our prime mover, our captain, who's been fantastic for us for the last three years in the guts, why are we putting him at the flank just so we can give another guy an opportunity? Unless there's something wrong, I think that he needs to stay in the middle. He's not a forward flank. He is a midfielder, bona fide midfielder, all-Australian, our captain. It's stupid that he's playing on the forward flank. If he's injured, put him on the bench, uh, take him, give him a couple of weeks off, let him get healthy and come back. That's, yeah, I'm really angry. I'm passionate. I'm sorry. No, that's all good. Look, I, I actually said pre-season that I would love to see Travis Boak spend more time up forward because he's so effective up there. But that was on the assumption that our midfield would be <laughs> doing a decent job without him actually in there, um, which they're obviously not at the moment. Yeah, they're, no, they're not at all. And um, like Wines, I got messages from GWS fans that were there and they said he looked fat and slow. Fat and slow, and he's not the player he was. And I'm like, well, coming back from his shoulder, is he still concerned about it? I'm not really sure. But, yeah, he didn't look effective out there on the weekend. Like He goes in hard, 
but then like the disposals does nothing. It usually goes to the opposition. Yeah. So I don't know. He just really looks slow. Their whole team looks slow. It's like we were one paced. We weren't able to burst out of packs and spread from stoppages. Like Lobie didn't get completely and absolutely pantsed by um, um, Mumford on the weekend. Like he did. There was some physicality and he did get beaten in some plays, but he was able to wear Mumford down a little bit and get those things. But the thing was is that our midfield was doing naff all to allow us to um, break away from those stoppages and actually move the ball forward. In the first half, GWS had 44 inside 50s. 44, that's nearly a game's worth for most teams. <laughs> that, that is, that is pretty much a game's worth. And I was like, this is disgusting. And I'm like, I was sitting down in that second quarter, I was... I was sitting down uh, the end where GWS were kicking, and I'm like, man, this sucks. This sucks big time, because basically I was on TV the entire time because I'm sitting there looking at the ball go over my head. It was shocking. <laughs> and I just sat there and just shook my head, and I was like, yep, I'm going to be a Port Adelaide supporter. I'm not leaving this game. And like, But I felt like it, let's be honest. I felt, oh, I could just go to the pub and have a couple of beers, but um, that's not the way that we watch football. But it was, yeah, it was pretty hard and difficult to watch. The players were bitching at each other because, like, they weren't blocking for each other and working for each other. Like, I saw the amount of work that Jasper Pittard was doing behind the ball, trying to get guys to set up correctly. And I was like, yeah, I've been a pretty harsh critic of him, as uh, Rick will say, but... um, like on the weekend, I was really impressed with how he tried to get guys into the game, and he just kept on taking the game on. Like, and nobody else was doing it. Him and Darcy were the only two. I think Darcy got this pretty special tackle where he, I think it was Dylan Shield that he caught from behind, and I was like, well, oh, one of the guys anyway. And I was like, wow, he was the only one that was actually giving a flying f. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, it was it was pretty <laughs> tough to watch and pretty disappointing. Like, um, let's. Uh, Kane Corns has just come out with an article on the advertiser and he said that we had um, a pretty bad GWS event a few years ago that would be etched in Port Adelaide supporters' minds and this is the kind of moment that we might need to have again. I'm not saying that he's saying we're going to need to fire our coach or anything but and I don't think we need to do that but we do need to look at our coaching staff as a whole and our setups because they're just not working. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your well, thoughts, thanks. mate. <laughs> no worries, guys. Sorry for ranting on. I'll, that's uh, uh, that's the best it. vent I've heard today so far, so that's good. Did Al actually stop to breathe then? <laughs> no. I needed to unload. I'm sorry, guys. All well, right. Thanks the... very much, guys. Jeez, go, to the toilet. go to the toilet then, now. Bloody hell. Breathe, man. Breathe. Well, but everything he said is... Is spot on. Very... Yeah, yeah, it's very true. And I mean, I texted you during the game going, what the hell's going on with Arch? I mean, mm. he looked so bloody slow, didn't he? I mean... He just couldn't get any acceleration at all. Well, this is why I think there might be some sort of fitness issue because Ollie's the same, Archie's the same, Boke's the same. Um, Sam Gray's lost his zip. Sam Gray doesn't have his zip. Uh, and look, even Robbie Gray, even though he's playing fantastic footy, he doesn't have that breakaway speed that he once had either. Like, it just, Ebert's the same. I mean, it just seems like all of our midfield group at the moment. Um, just can't run. They don't have that burst speed, which you need. They can't spread properly. They can't chase. Uh, they're always a couple of metres behind and they can't catch up. Um, mm. I don't know. It's just not right. There's something going on there. Um, I don't know if we've overtrained or if we've undertrained. Maybe it is mental. Maybe it's just mindset. Maybe they're not prepared to do the work. Maybe they've 
you know, maybe they're over the Hinkley game plan. Who knows? But I don't think... Um, it just doesn't look like we're fit enough at the moment. Can If they've been overtrained, can, hypothetically, a couple of weeks of light training on the training track freshen them up? Or you know, is what Jason Ackerman has said in the pre-season that he reckons they've just been flogged to death and they're fried? Uh, true. Can they come back? Yeah. Look, I don't know if he can. I don't know. I'm not any sort of expert in fitness. I've got no idea at all, but... Um, I don't know if you can do that. I'm not sure. You probably can. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it a... just seems like this time last year we were having the exact same discussion. Were we overtrained? We look sluggish. We look slow. We can't chase. We look absolutely spent halfway through the third quarter. We were having this exact same discussion. So I don't know. Maybe we're being worked too hard. Like mm. something has gone on because we've gone from being the envy of every other club being fitter than every other club uh, to now looking bottom four in terms of running capacity. Something's not right. And clearly every other club is going to work hard to catch up and do that job. And clearly other clubs have found out what it is that we're doing and the sort of kilometres that we're doing, which is fine. That's what what you want. But we haven't gone the extra mile to go go further than that. So I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know. Having Jonas... Matty Broadbent, Hamish Hartlett in our defensive... Hey, I don't have a dog. What the hell's going on there? Um, um, having those three players in our defensive half with no Matty White coming deep into the defence from the wing and a lacking confidence Jared Polak with his body, are we too slow in defence? I think that's a fair point. Maybe we are too slow in defence. Um, I don't think we can carry all of Carlisle, Homps, Trengove and Jonas. I think that's pretty clear. I think we've looked a little bit better um, without Carlisle in the, in the side. I think we probably need to add another toll, so maybe we should go down the Cleary path or the Austin path. Maybe it's time to blood them because, look, Carlisle's, what, 29? He's not going to be there forever. Um, Trengove's not quick. He's pretty slow, but he, then again, he doesn't really play on quick players. Jonas has no pace at all, um, but I actually thought he was pretty decent on the weekend. Um, but then again, I don't think the defence is all that much of the problem at the moment. I think the issue is the midfield. But is Broadbent and Hamish probably a bit too slow and unable to provide us that fast-breaking speed off the uh, half-bat flank? I think they're both pretty much the same player when they play back down there which I think is an issue in itself. They sort of... They're not defensive-minded defenders. Mm. Their job is to sort of get loose and, and use the ball. And I don't think you can have too many of those types in the side when they're as one-paced as what Hammer and Brody are. Because Brody's not overly quick. And Hammer's not overly quick. It's all Did right Hammer... when you've got someone like Jason Johansson who can like burst off and run 100 metres in eight seconds. That's fine. But not when you've got... Hammer and Jonas and Brody in the same back line. Did Hammer only have two possessions to half time? I think so. Yep. When we had that I much w- ball, I wonder if he's fit. if he was actually fit enough to play, or if they've rushed him back in. Yeah, don't know, but it's uh, so we've got question marks over our midfield, which you've had the whole season. And we're, we're now starting to get question marks over 
uh, our defensive mix. I mean, is depth going to now become an issue for us as well? I don't think we've got... Well, look, I don't think we've got the class of player in the reserves that can come in and sort of turn this around, to be honest. I think uh, Ryan has mentioned, is O'Shea not an option anymore? And I think he definitely is. I think he's got that sort of pace factor. He's tall, he can do a job. Um, but he's also probably the biggest bomb scare at the club um, <laughs> in terms of his disposal. Um, <clears throat> but look, I'd, I'd love O'Shea. If, if the good O'Shea comes out to play, he is... A fantastic player, and he's one of my favourite players. I'd love him in the side, but he's also lets us down quite a bit with his disposal. Well, I guess going back to the ruck again, I mean, the observation from last year was we looked slow and poor, and then we made the hard call on Matt Loby and pushed Paddy Ryder into the full-time ruck role, mm. and all of a sudden our midfield started to look um, quality and the speed and the pace came back because we're getting first use of the ball. So, is the loss of Paddy Ryder really starting to hurt us now? No doubt. I think the loss of Ryder and Monfries is starting to hurt. I think their leadership on the ground is understated. I think, um, oh, look, I, I think we all hoped that we could get by with Loby, um, and it doesn't look like we are. I don't think that's all on his head. I think he's trying as hard as he can. I think he's breaking even, which is good. Um, but the rest of the midfield just aren't reading what he's doing properly at mm. the moment. Um, Ryder would add something different. This is probably why we need someone like Dougal Howard in the side, someone that can sort of leap pretty tall and get his hands on the ball, just to sort of change it up a bit. Um, so that might be something that we need to do this week. Porsche's had a meltdown a positive meltdown on the chat room. She's gone, go the shears. This is Cam's moment. Um, <laughs> she's super excited. And look, I think we need Impey back in the side. He hasn't played well down back, but without Matty White and his run and his pace, we need someone that can sort of break the lines. And Impey's probably the only player outside of the, uh, the team at the moment that can actually do that. Because he's got lightning pace and he's never played through the midfield. I think he needs a crack on the wing. It's almost like... A new segment, Macca's scapegoat. Who would be your <laughs> Who would be your scapegoats this week, Macca? Mate, I've already done that on the forum. Darren Burgess is my scapegoat this week. Darren Burgess, old DB, the old DB. Earn uh, your money, lad. Matey, well, what about Koshy? Come out saying it's a disgrace after what Port have done this week. I think, is that a good call by him or yep. should he have kept his mouth shut? No, call it as it is. It is a disgrace. It is embarrassing. Well, it is when you've got some guy who's willing to pump in multi-millions into the club and say, you know, the club's pretty good and then the players come out and serve that up. But, you know, you'd be thinking, oh, well, what did I cough up my three million bucks for? Mm. Or whatever he's, uh, he's done. And let's face it, the off-field staff are really the only team that's basically performing at the moment. Yep, in some ways they certainly are. In some ways they certainly are. So, um, yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting. And I'm glad he came out because hopefully that will actually you know, get the coaches and the players to go, oh, shit. Um, yeah, we are, maybe we're accountable to the people at the top. And so they should be. Do we need to have a review before the season's finished? And pay someone. Didn't to come we do in. that last year? 
don't know, did we? Isn't that what we did last year? Isn't that what Koshi did at the end of the season? Had this great big review? I don't know. Did he did he get someone in? Like, you know, do we maybe need to get someone in? Like, I don't know. Who normally does them? Like David Parkin. It's the only name I can think of. But, you know, do we have to get Parkin in for a couple of, a week or a couple of weeks just to observe and, and give an opinion that's external to the whole group? And maybe do we do it now? before the season's over and done with because our list is good enough. So, you know, maybe someone coming in going, well, this is my thoughts, you know, maybe it could be enough to really change the ship, turn the ship around. Could be. I think, um, I don't know, I think we just need to dig deep and a few people there need to sort of pull their heads out a little bit. I think it's gone beyond sort of a review. What's a review going to do? Um and if we had one at the end of last year, then it's done absolutely nothing. Yeah, well, I don't know who did the review last year. I, that one flew under my radar. So, um, yeah, that's. Mm. Uh, I didn't recall anyone coming in or anything. So, have we, have we just simply overrated our list? I don't think so. I mean, it's they performed so well in two thousand and four, thirteen, and fourteen. If they can do it then, they can do it, right? Mm. Hawthorne, if we keep going to the Hawthorne example, which everyone does, or even Sydney, why have they been able to go for such a... Once they've performed at that level, they've been able to keep it there. Why are they any different to us? Or is it, as Porsche says, that they keep churning their list each year, you know, from player 13 down and revitalising their list, whereas we don't seem to be doing the same. Do they? Well, I thought they do. Mm. They always seem to bring in, uh, you know, some good, uh, some good players each year and promote, promote their youth at the same time. Well, you've got to admit it, both well, sure. of those sides. Um, yeah, I'd have to do the stats on that. But... All right, we'll do the stats and come back to me next week. Okay. Please. Look, obviously Hawthorne are the benchmark. They've won the last three grand finals. They're probably the best side of the modern era. And they have certainly, they've recruited well. They've brought in experienced players who've done a great job. Guys like McAvoy, guys like Lake, um, Burgo and Gibson. You know, they spent big to get these guys in. Um, and they've built themselves uh, an era of dominance around that. And they have drafted really well. You know, they've got guys like uh, Isaac Smith and Brad Hill uh, to come in and, and do a great job. Um, yeah, they, they've made all their sort of uh, their picks count, which is great for them. Um, I guess the concern that I've got at the moment is I don't think we've got the quality of youth coming through in the reserves that can help turn this around in a couple of years' time, um, which is pretty scary considering we've given away our first-round picks for the last three years. Uh that option of trading Loby for two first-round picks, even without Ryder there, maybe that's something we should have done. Yeah, I was bullish on that one. No disrespect to to Matt Loby. I mean, we could have... I don't know the timing and everything else, but, you know, there was a lot of other good quality ruts um, that were floating around in the competition um, in the trade period. Uh, I would have I would have preferred it myself, but um, we didn't take it. We, I guess we lacked a bit of courage when it came to, and maybe that's going back to your point of safety and players feeling safe. Maybe they do, because uh, maybe they feel like they're unaccountable. Mm. 
do you think we've got the quality of, uh, of youth coming through in the reserves? Oh. That can, and look, this is all about premierships here. This isn't about sort of keeping us sort of middle of the road. Do we have the quality of youth that can win us a premiership? Yeah. Look, I mean, how deep do we really need to go with the list? I mean, I guess 22 to 30 needs to be strong. Uh, well, I think if we had Ryder and Monfries available... Um, I think our, our depth would have been pretty close. Um, you know, Archie would have been on the fringe. Sam Gray would have been on the fringe. Um, you know, Darcy Byrne-Jones is showing that he's putting it together. Uh, Jarmin Limpy and Jake Mead would be on the fringe and having to work a bit harder to earn their spots in the side. Um, yeah, look, I think we would be around the mark, but um, I guess at this time, uh, with those suspensions and the few injuries we've had as well, that's really exposed us, but um, yeah. Look, I, for me, it really comes down to the coaches. I don't think the coaches are maximising what they've got at this point in time, mm. and I don't like this new press at all. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm putting it out there. I'm not. It doesn't. It's not convincing me. Well, look, you, you look at our players, twenty-two and under, who are. Uh going well at the moment. You've got Wingard, who's an obvious star. You've got uh, mm. Ollie Wines, who's an obvious star. Then you've got a couple of sort of almost their players like Archie, uh, Tumpus, uh, Cleary, Need, um, Impey, Amon, Burn jones and that's about it at the moment. So there's only really two sort of really good-looking players there who are going to be sort of key. The Dougal? He, I think He's he... still a long way off. Yeah, but I think he's going to be an exciting player. In this regard, we're not too far off from Hawthorne because they've got Brad Hill, they've got Billy Hartung, and that's pretty much it. James Sicily has played okay. Um, 22 and under, that's all they've got. Mm. So, you know, their list is pretty top-heavy. Yeah. We just need to get those mature players' heads right. Otherwise, some have to go. Mm. Um, Yeah, again, but again, we just signed Hamish Hartlett to a new contract. Um, you know, Broadbent signed a new contract. I mean, who's going to be out of contract? You know, that's, um, I mean, because you'd have, think, you'd have to think one of those half, half-back flankers would probably be um, one of the most dispensable, com- considering our list situation. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe we get lucky and we'll get two draft picks offered for us again for Matt Lobey in the first round. You never know. <clears throat> You never know. Could happen. Christmas can come twice, can't it? Sometimes. Fingers crossed. So what's going to happen this week? What's your well, feeling against Geelong? Can we come think, out... Are we going to come out and do this Jekyll and Hyde trick and actually beat Geelong? I think so, because I don't think Geelong's travelling that well either. Um, which really, that's another reason why I'm really disappointed that we were such a non-performer against GWS. Um, and let's face it, we haven't. It hasn't been a happy hunting ground for us down there. But I guess it was just the nature of our meekness, which is the biggest issue. But um, look, I think I think we will. I, I'm not convinced with that prediction, but um, it's the optimist in me. And uh, I think John is, uh, Geelong is still susceptible. I'd actually like to see uh, Dougal Howard come in this week and play against. Uh, Blitzkrieg or Blitzkrieg, Blitzarvis, whatever his name is. Blitzkrieg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? Blitz, Blitz, Blitzarvis. Uh, Blitzarvis, yeah. 
but get him running against Blitzass because I mean the guy's agile, he's far fast, he's uh, tall, uh, and his bloody third man up last year annihilated us, and that bloody killed me. Um, so I think Dougal could be the man to to run with him. How many changes? Way... How many changes would you do this week? Howard in. How many changes would I do? I would bring Howard in. Um, and this is where we're probably really light on because we had a buy. Um, but I think we need to have a name dropping. Um, and I think we need... I Do we... I just don't... I don't know if the coaches have got the balls to drop some players. Mm. I, I'd probably I, look, like... I can see Archie going out. To be yeah, honest. but that's a, that's an easy call. It isn't. Right? That's exactly what I'm getting at. Right. I can see a yeah. bunch of sort of um, yeah, easy bunch calls. of players Sam... who are sort of fringe guys going out, like yeah. Amon going out, Archie yeah. going out, maybe Sam Gray going out. Yep. Uh, possibly someone like Jake Need going out. Um, yep. All these sort of fringe guys. Possibly Tumpus as well. He didn't play yep. well. Yeah. Um, but I think we really need someone like a Broadbent to go out. We need someone like. Um, I don't know. Maybe a Trengove to go out of the side. Maybe we no, need to blood. Well, maybe we need it. to blood Austin this week. Why not? No, no way. No. It's, that's just crazy. Um, but I, I reckon definitely uh, I'd even maybe use Hamish as an example. Right? And say, we're dropping you because you did not show the leadership skills that you're supposed to show for a person in your position. Mm. Right. I think it's going to be, yeah, I, I can't see too many or any big names going out. If, well, if Hamish it, goes out, they'll use the excuse that he's uh, he wasn't 100% right and he's not over his injury. Well, then that's a cop-out. <clears throat> Honestly, exactly. That's, exactly right. It, if all of those players that you... And look, most of those players that you've thrown up probably deserve to be omitted because they have been average. Yeah. But for all their averageness, uh, they've been supported in the meek ability by all of those senior players as well. So, you know, I think if we... I can't see how it's assisting team dynamics and morale by making the same scapegoats, the Macca's scapegoats of the week. And um, I really hope that we... Uh, look, I've questioned Matthew Broadbent in the pre-season with his form and, and you sort of pulled me up on it. But um, I think he, you know, he, he shows a lot, but he's also very flaky and goes in and out of games, and uh, he doesn't provide us with a lot of run anymore. Uh, I'm happy to be corrected. I think he had one game so far this year where he had massive metres, and I think that's just through long bombs, though, isn't it? Um, I would like to... Whereas with Jasper's metres gain, it's usually from run and carry of the ball and then executing, which this year has been um, perfect. So, Mm. But... Yeah, with Matty, it's just get the ball, kick it long, and I think that's because yeah. he's he's the I worst good kick in the league. Yeah, he, and he's, his shots on goal are, are not convincing at all. No. Um, but but that's not really his, uh, you know, he's his motive. That. Yeah, his demographic there. But yeah, <laughs> I, I would actually like him to probably to be the sacrificial lamb and send okay. him back. Either that or he has to go in the midfield. Yep. I think um, Silence Oz has uh, has written in, just let me bring it back up. He said that um, he wants to drop Jonas, Broadbent, Hartlett, Need, Tompus, Polek, and Archie. Who was that, sorry? Silence Oz. Yeah. So I think that's pretty fair. I think um, Jonas for O'Shea, I'd happily do. 
broadbent for Impey, I'd happily do. Um, I think we'll probably see Cahoon come in this week. I think we're a possibility to see um, people's favourite Kane Mitchell come in. Um, I would love to see Dougal Howard back in the side and maybe even the Butch. The Butch? Maybe even the Butch. What, at the expense of Dixon or with Dixon? We're not going to drop Charlie. I think think he's almost at the point where we should. We've got to remember we actually dropped Jay Schultz when he first started as well. He didn't start off very well with us either. And he actually played three or four games for Woodville West Torrens. In his first year, before he came back in, when um, uh, when Treadre did his uh, did his big injury, which uh, caused his uh, retirement, um, so he played. It, it would be it would be a massive disaster for us to drop Charlie Dixon in terms of how much we've talked him up, all this stuff. We've got our man, and then we drop him. It would be would a disaster. We, would we? Could we play maybe Westhoff permanently at half back this week? And um, Butcher at centre half forward. I'd happily drop Westhoff, to be honest. You would drop him. Yeah. You would drop him. I what does what he do? Should... What does he do? He plays a good sort of first ten minutes in the first quarter, goes missing for two quarters, and then kicks a couple of goals in the last when the game's over. Shit. Like, I'd get rid of him and I'd bring in Butcher and I'd bring in Howard to help out Dixon. Huge call. Yeah. Look, what are the, I'm all about scapegoats, mate, and big coals. <laughs> Can we drop some of the coaches? <laughs> Possibly. Hey, like upgrade Chad Corns. Well, what about the rumour that Chad's a bit of a disruptive influence? What do you think of that one? I, I think they're just rumours at the moment. I know yeah. there was a... Well, not can't call it an incident. I know he sort of had a few words to a friend of his at a restaurant about one of our star players, which someone I know overheard, and he said it was uncalled for what he was saying. Um, Does that make him a bad influence or a bit of a troublemaker? I'm not sure it does. Um, I don't know. Was it potentially taken out of context? No, I don't think it was taken out of context. I think it was pretty clear what he said. Um, but I think if he's talking to one of his mates, then that's fair enough. If he's being asked questions by one of his good mates, then fair enough. It's not like he was sort of yelling it across the room. Should but, should someone not be eavesdropping into a conversation, perhaps? When you're sort of right next to someone, it's a bit hard not to, I think. But don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Well, I'm, but which do, I, do I think he... Look, which, which I'm, I'm not going to go into details on what was said. I only Why keep not? That. Well, because Come I'm not going on. to. You can't bring that up and then just not... Uh, I'm just going to edit it out anyway, so this is just for the live people. Yeah. But, but what about... Do, all do I think he's a disruptive influence? I, look, it's happened in the past. You can't sort of uh, outrule it, I guess. You can't put a, a line through it. Yeah. There's a possibility that he is. Um, I, don't, I don't think he is at the moment, though. Awesome. Mm. That gives me reassurance. That's it. Well, look. Once again. Should we leave it there? Yes. So much for the uh, the short episode, mate. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I don't need sleep. It's all good. I'll be... I'll... And he's gone. Are you there, Rick?
be out of here. Will you be able to manage without me, Macca? Say that again. Will you be able to manage without me, mate? What, this Thursday? No, in a couple of weeks' time when I'm off for five weeks. I think I'll be right. You reckon? You won't cry The thing is, should I get a new co-host or should I just do like an hour and ten minute monologue? Do a monologue. I I can't have you putting someone in that's better than me because uh, I'll be made redundant when I get back. True. Either that or I'll just get dumped and I'll just have to go do my own Rick show at four to six drive time. Yeah. Hey? Competition. Provide more value. But uh, we'll see how we go. Maybe I'll do a uh, I'll do a show from the States. Yeah. We could do. Yeah, I could interview some I'm people. I'm not getting up at 2 a.m. in the morning. So you Why have not? to get up. Well, Come on. It's bad luck. <laughs> Where's the passion? That's it. All right. Well, thanks, Until everyone. next time. Don't forget, write a review. Go in the draw for locker room tickets. Appreciate you all tuning in. That's it. Thanks for all the comments uh, in the chat room. It's been great. Thanks, Crazy Owl. Owl's big rant. It was wonderful. Can't appear. He's got to keep his feet corns just worried him out of it. Slips a handball to Treadray. Back turn. Well done. Little give. This might be it. Corns, Treadray. P-